Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Thanks for Trying podcast, episode two of season two, hosted by myself, Corian, also known as The Last Skeptic. And we've got a wonderful episode in store today featuring an old, old friend of mine and the guy I recorded my first ever album with, Ferb T, repping the Four Owls, High Focus Records, In The Balance Records, all that good stuff. And comedian extraordinaire Beck Hill. It was recorded live in April at the Sonos Store in Covent Garden. So thank you to the Sonos Store firstly and to everyone that came down and watched and got drunk with us you know that was bound to happen make sure you go on to spotify deezer apple music whatever you use to listen to music and stream my brand new record under the patio go back listen to my old shit too listen to this is where it gets good listen to my eps i've got tons of shit on there and it's all fucking incredible you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna remind you once again and be that annoying fucking bastard make sure you go and drop me a review on whatever it is you use to listen to this podcast right now and go say what's up tell me what you think just makes me feel happy all right enjoy the goddamn episode ladies and gentlemen who are here thank you everyone for coming uh big shout out to sonos first and foremost for having us here and welcome to the thanks for trying podcast on what is now going to be episode two of season two Ooh, I know. But what? Please welcome my guests, uh, Verb T and Beck Hill. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. Thank Verbs, you. I haven't seen you in about a few months. <laughs> <laughs> about ten years. Well, yeah, ten years. Yeah. Um, for a bit of history, I released my first album with Verb T in two thousand and seven. Yeah. Um, which was so long. An age ago. An age ago. I was very young. <laughs> I, was so I don't want to say ten, how old. You were 10. <laughs> I was 10 you? years old. Yeah, yeah. Good, thank you very much. I was much. 14. Um, obviously, since then, you, 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 you've, you signed with High Focus. You know, there's this whole uh, kind of new lease of life for UK hip hop, as it were. And mm. um, how, how are you finding it since back in the days? Like, how is it different now? Because obviously UK music right now is a wonderful fucking, it's, it's a wonderful time for UK music. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just had, we had to weather the storm a little bit. The new, you know, the new streaming platforms and different things that are available to artists have really, I mean, you know, back within the low life days, say when we were doing our album, mm there was a lot more physical product being sold, but you had to really, you had to get in magazines and you had to do specific things yeah. to be seen and to mm -hmm. be recognized. And now it's easier to do that. And I'm in a good position where I kind of had the fan base from back then, yeah. but also High Focus had a platform as well. So really, you know, I just haven't stopped working as hard as I can to push the music. So, yeah. I mean, it's, I just think there's more out there now um, to get yourself heard. Yeah. But it's, it doesn't feel any different, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just I do better shows now, <laughs> basically, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, for like those that weren't there at the time, like UK hip hop shows were very different beast. I mean, maybe. I think, you know, one thing that I've found made a difference to the people attending shows is the festival circuits yeah. because you had people that came 
were fans of different genres, but they liked the energy that we had as yeah. a label, High Focus. And girls like the music now, which is also good. I mean, that, that's always, <laughs> yeah, that's always good too. Yeah. And how you how you finding it with four kids juggling yeah, it all? Um, it's a big You're juggle. You're juggling four children. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, know. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, no, it's, you know, you just do it. I, I, there's no formula to it. Yeah. You he just... got through 12 children before he could. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I dropped them a load of times, like, no major injuries. And how was it like touring as well? Because you'd been touring like fuckloads as well. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my favourite parts of it. There are times where you get tired and you kind of mm. don't want to do a show and then as soon as you get on, it's like, of course I want to do a show, yeah. you know? So, yeah, man... I find I find that I don't want to do every single show until the moment I'm on stage. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm grumpy, as you know, yeah. like by, about doing anything yeah. in terms of like the... I don't specifically decide that yeah. I'm going to do this, but you know, it's a travel. privilege. Yeah, it's it really privilege. is, man. I'm grateful for it all the time. And so Beck, obviously the touring side of things, you know, very well, mm. um, you know, what's it been like the touring experience? as a comedian It's completely different to our experience as like, at least as musicians, we get to hide behind music. Comedy is a very scary thing. The, the issue with, with touring as a comic is that you only get to see the high street of the mm. place that you're in and they right. all look the same. Yeah. Do you have to deal with hecklers? I'm guessing you deal with hecklers like on a regs. Uh, I'm like, I'm lucky. I think my, my, my style of standup is quite hard to heckle the last show i did right. every single joke that's in the show was on a post-it you know this you know it'd be like a word that says like i don't know quiche right and then i'd said to the audience yell out what joke you want to happen next okay. and then it go like quiche and then i'd tell the quiche joke yep. that meant they had a chance to yell out and they were getting they got permission to yell right, out okay. but that was the rule that was the rule of it like if they try and heckle with something harsh I can be surprisingly harsh when I want to be. <laughs> People just, don't expect it from me because I like come on all smiley, dressed yeah. as like a child. And what's the worst heckle you've got? Because people are fucking cunts. Children, when they this children shit. are the worst hecklers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The worst cunts. Of worst all. one I had was from a child who uh, told me that he was going to rip my head off and spit down my neck. That oh, was like a nine-year-old, and everyone just looked at his parents. What have you done? <laughs> oh what, what did you say to that? I, I think I, I think I just looked at the parents as well, and I was like, "You guys might want to get some therapy or something," <laughs> and then just moved on quickly. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really like sets you up. This is why you see so many comedians becoming battle rappers because I feel like it's almost the same. You have to be ready all the time to like come back to somebody normally i just uh i tend to like just shame people yeah <laughs> like i just i, I if like someone yells out because more often than not people hate when there's a heckler being a douche because they're ruining the gig for yeah. everyone you know um, my brother tiernan is a stand-up that's how we know each yeah. other um and like he told me that the worst heckle we ever got that he couldn't reply to i don't know if he's told you this or not <laughs> Um, he had this woman stand up in the middle of his gig, totally out of nowhere, and she said, suck the blood out of my bleeding cunt. <laughs> Jeez. And I've apologised for that <laughs> like, so many times. <laughs> what do you say to that? He was like... <laughs> Oh, cool. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Moving no. on. Or like, just, no thanks. Like, <laughs> I won't be doing that. Yeah, yeah. damn. I, I mean, know. the worst heckle I had, because my husband proposed during my show. Oh, that's a bad heckle. That was a bad heckle. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was terrible. you off, right? I, yeah. I, it threw me off because he wasn't supposed to be, I was in Edinburgh and he wasn't supposed to be there. And so he yelled at the back of the room. But I said, oh, what would you do if someone tried to mug you, which is a lead into a bit. And then I get like answers from the audience. Mm. And then this voice at the back of the room went, I'd propose. And I was like, not an answer, mate. Keep going. <laughs> and then the person stood up and I couldn't see him because of the lights. Yeah. And he started moving towards the stage and I was like, oh, I'm going to get murdered. And then he stepped onto the stage and I was like, Shit. oh, that's my boyfriend. And also, I talk about this in my show, but he'd cut his hair and his beard off so he looked like he did when we first met. Right. So normally he sports that kind of like cool homeless look that everyone's digging right now <laughs> he thought it'd be cute because he's like oh it's like how when we first met mm. he wore the same shirt he was wearing That's when really we first sweet. met he was That's like really oh it'd nice. be really cute but instead my brain was like oh it's my boyfriend wait it's my boyfriend from five years ago i've time traveled <laughs> and then i just went into shock and like Whoa. assumed i was dreaming yep, of course. yeah of course terrible it was the worst heckle so told him off a lot but like, I can imagine that's a really beautiful moment. But you're a little bit mad. Like you're in, you're interrupting my show here. What are you doing? You're throwing me off. Here, I was like. furious. <laughs> yeah, I nearly said no. <laughs> Just to teach him. Verbs, because I, I know. That I'm assuming you get some mad fans that do some mad shit. But the one thing that I remember, we did a launch party at Jam like ten years ago. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was this one. Like Jam in Brixton. Does anyone remember Brixton? How it used to be? Yeah. Okay. 
a few yeah, people. Yeah, it was in Angel Town at the time. It, I remember basically was, the first thing I heard about that event, I remember Chemo saying, oh yeah, the last event, some guy showed up with an axe. No, that board. was, <laughs> this is the one I'm talking about. I was DJing. Oh, I wasn't at that one. I wasn't no, at right, that one. Right, so that wasn't was previous thing. Yeah, I mean, that venue was a bit mad when they first. Yeah. I remember Snuff, the guy that put those nights on, mm. It, he just said it took them a very long time for people to feel comfortable in that venue. Mm. I think by this, we did our launch maybe the month after that or yeah. two months after that. Yeah. And I remember I had it in my head the whole time because I'm kind of an anxious person. So when we were on stage, I was just thinking, axe, axe, axe. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fine, you know. It was Also, whereas, how the hell did he get into that venue? That's what I want to know. He had an axe. No he one's going to stop him. Let me in. You've you know, seen The Shining, right? Like, yeah, he sure. finds a way in. <laughs> he finds a way yeah, exactly. You know, like that is the door, same like. venue. You know, I might edit this out, but this is the same venue that I was very young and I had a, I had like a uh, Swiss Army knife on me. Like, and you know, I wasn't carrying it, you know, whatever. I was Did like, what, 16 you, years old, 17 Swiss Army years old. Knife. Dangerous stuff. You didn't tell you know, me that. I was rolling with you, man. You got a Swiss Army knife. The person at the door said, I'll take this from you, but I'll give it back to you afterwards. You might need it. You might need it around here. You might need that. That's that's a good that's a, that's a good door person. Mm, I don't know. I think he's setting you up for a, yeah, that guy's it. got a Swiss Army knife. That's it. Oh. Super dangerous. He might be able yeah. to open a bottle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nail some nail some files. Yeah. Nail some yeah. files. Um, so verbs. Talk to me about uh, four hours. To, yeah. to group your part of how long has it been? How long have you been with the four hours? Sounds um, like a relationship. We, yeah, we've been together now for about <laughs> six. Six years, I think 2011, we put out our first album. Wow. And I knew Flip Tricks, he's obviously Flip Tricks is the one that started High Focus Records. Yeah. And um, me and him did shows together before that. And I was on his first album. And uh, actually, we talked about it before, like his first official High Focus release. You helped out with press for that, right? I did when I was a PR way first back one. in the day. Well, yeah, I think because you, you started doing PR for your own albums mm. that you're releasing. And he saw that you did a good job with that and hit you up. So. Yeah. I think it's worth noting that you were the first person to get HF in a lot of big magazines and get press Damn, for yeah. HF. Wow. Um, but anyway, I met him before that uh, and we were doing shows together and Lee from BVA, I think he met them through the festival circuit. So I, randomly enough, I think when Leaf was real young, him and BVA supported uh, me, Kashmir and Ghost in Bath, wow. randomly enough. And I remember him telling me the story because I didn't remember him from that time. But when he told me the story, it made me remember what happened. And he had played me his first songs back then. So it's kind of mad because he's kind of like, because he's the producer, it kind of gives you that almost like the leader role, like Rizzer in Wu-Tang. You know, you kind of say what goes on on the track. You're laying yeah. down the sound for the whole group. So it's kind of mad that. You know, I met him all them years ago and then we ended up being in the same group together. Yeah. But it, it kind of happened by accident. Originally, it was those three guys and I was just meant to be a featured artist. And they sent me the whole album and I was like, I like a few of these. I don't know which one to write to. And they're like, I'll just write to all of them. So, and I just became a member of the group. And whose and idea was the the masks? I would say probably Flip Tricks. And the reason for the masks, it wasn't to have a a cool thing it was just because we were all doing solo projects we thought it would be cool so the group wasn't seen as oh it's that guy that guy and that guy yeah it's just a new group right and it actually really worked in our favor because we you know we we got this whole fan base that doesn't necessarily even listen to the rest of the label they're just mm. our ours fans and people don't know us individually you know i'll be walking through festivals sometimes like flip tricks flip tricks baby it's like no <laughs> no i'm not but you know that, that stuff's cool though because i, I appreciate whether people just yeah. like me as part of the hours or my solo stuff it's yeah. all good like it's all it's all my music so. you're, you're one of the few people that that was part of the like you know like i said earlier the uk hip-hop of before that's yeah. fully completely like succeeded in the uk hip-hop of now which you you remember as i do when it was a very dirty term to say you couldn't say to someone yeah, we make uk yeah. rap now like you've got gigs saying i'm uk rap which is sick and yeah, like yeah. Cass is dead you've got all these amazing artists you know that are too long to even list that, that, mm -hmm. that proudly say uk rap back when we were doing it all big to begin with it was a really fucking dirty thing you couldn't say that radio wouldn't play it no not at all and i think also it, it just was always seen as not as good as American hip-hop. Mm. You know, sonically, um, in terms of the videos, I mean, there wasn't even any videos, no. pretty much, when we were doing our album. Mm. No one was really... You might get one or two. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's partly people over here embracing something they can relate to in terms of people using the same slang and yeah. having the same accents as them. But also the quality of music's just gotten better, let's yeah. be honest. Like, you know, I mean, I think the stuff we were making back in the day was really good and that kind of helped build a platform for what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, and we've learned a lot over the years, you know? Like, I think the album me and you did is some of your first ever beats. Yeah, and yeah. for me, it was like... I think it was the second album I'd ever worked on. So I was still really young in it as well. I didn't, that's, I learned a lot when we were doing that, that whole process. That's when I first met Chemo, who engineered all of my projects since. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I think it's a natural thing, it, the way it built up, man. It's a classic album for anyone listening. It's called Broken Window, <laughs> 2007. <sighs> I was so young. Um, so you do puppetry. This is what I want to talk about. <laughs> such a good segue <laughs> yeah. if you ever want to do a good segue just sigh and say yeah. something like almost lamenting like <sighs> you know and that's it and then those you segue. Are the times. those are the times speaking of times <laughs> puppets, puppets. Yeah. um you did talk to me about paper puppetry it came about because years ago i wrote a sketch that i wanted to do on stage mm. but I didn't want to have to like bring someone on stage to do the sketch with me and so i was like i'll draw the characters yeah and then, like, just voice them. Yeah, so I started to do more and more things where they had, like, moving elements and mm-hmm. then, like, body parts and stuff moving and then got got asked to audition for a tampon ad, which was really terrible. And I was I was so bad. Like, they, they were like, oh, we what want a female... Audition? I want to I okay, know. So they I were like, we want audition. a female comedian who does jokes about tampons. Right. So can you film yourself telling these jokes? And the jokes they'd written What were, were they? Not I want to know. I want to know the One jokes. One of them was... The string on these new tampons... It's Australian ad. They're like, the string on these new tampons is longer, so it's easier to find and remove, which helps. Because before, I was accidentally pulling on my pubic hair, right? Yeah. What? Oh, note, my God. Note the lack of what? laughter in the room. Exactly. And I was like, I'm not doing that. That's I'm an not. actual advert. That no, people well, that actually was, <laughs> That's <laughs> what they wanted to use for that the audition, right? Right, okay. That, I hope, I hope yeah, that yeah. didn't make it to the and final I, cut. Well, I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's de- demeaning. In the yeah. meantime, uh, a friend of mine who's quite prominent in the Melbourne comedy scene, she found out who had written the jokes and it was a 21-year-old male intern at the marketing agency. Wow. And I was like, oh, so that's where tampon jokes come from. Boys, yeah. they're the ones writing the period jokes. Oh, my God. So I was like, oh, okay. And getting paid for Not, it. So no one auditioned for it because all women were like, nah, 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 Jesus. nah, nah. We're not, this is not comedy. It's not even a joke. Yeah. But if you got the ad, it paid like 50 grand. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'll write one for them. Yeah. So I did a thing with the flip chart where it was like, a, a tampon that was going to the city to do like a Britain's Got Talent style audition show, and yep. <laughs> and then like and it was to the to, it was to Journeys Don't Stop Believing, but Hooray. with the punchline being Don't st- some tampons don't stop the bleeding, <laughs> <laughs> and that was like the big ending, and um and I never got a callback. I don't, they never oh, went for it, oh, but I put it on YouTube and it like went really viral again oh, and so i was like oh i guess this is my thing now and so now I, I i always have those like if i'm doing clubs and stuff i always like bring on a couple of so i do loads of stuff now if you go to my youtube channel you'll see that there's like i did die hard in three minutes and 33 seconds last year great it took me so many takes to get it in one go when okay. we filmed it but um yeah that's uh are that's you gonna worth do the full, are you gonna do the full trilogy that's the well it's, it's got the fourth one, but I yeah, don't know I if I say. count that. Um, I feel like well, the truth is It's kind key. of like the same story, but just done less yeah. well each time, isn't it? So I'll just use the same flip chart. And like, <laughs> Is that your favourite Bruce Willis film? Sorry, I'm just No, favourite Bruce Willis film is Fifth Element. Okay. Ooh, it's a perfect a movie. One. It's a per- I know, And I know that that's like, it's, some people think it's lame, but it's a perfect movie. It's perfect. More than Sixth Sense. Yeah, more than six. Six hundred is good. Okay, it's not fifth element good. Damn. Okay. Do you mind if I ask something? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Please do. This you is know what I want. the. Um, I watched one. Uh, what's the famous French song you did a video Oh, the about? Edith Piaf. Yeah. Okay. So, what I was going to ask: Do you read the YouTube comments, and how much stock do you put in the comments that you read? Do you do you look at it similar to heckling, or do you see it as something constructive? Or oh, that's such a good question. Great question. Yeah. yeah. Um. Do you know what? Sorry, can I just... The the reason I ask, because you did... So basically, you will explain it a lot better than me, but if you explain that video to people yeah so it's it's Edith Piaf's Non Generigrien the famous one the one from Inception (laughs) yeah the one from Inception okay 
and then uh, I've um, basically done a miss a misheard lyrics thing of it where sorry it says like no rear to rear. And then I've got a picture of two people with their bums out and their bums are touching <laughs> with a big cross through it. But see, okay, then, so here's yeah. the thing I found hilarious. <laughs> and it's the whole like, song done like that. Was, there's so there's a lot of bums in it. It's like nom the rear, right? Yeah. And I was like, it does yeah. sound like that. So I'm laughing. And you do a whole thing where it's like a flip chart and you it's got bits that move on it. I thought, this is real cool. And then I read the comments and there's someone was like, I speak French. It doesn't actually say that. I'm like, dude, of course it doesn't. Say, of course, the most famous French song in history is not talking about eating ass. But, but they're like, yes, I'm it? French. I know what that means. That's not what it said. Like, do you just read that and just be like, you, you just didn't get it. Like, does it make you mad or do you just laugh? Like, because um, it is funny though. Well, the, those I find that like what tends to happen is the co- the people commenting tend to start like checking on themselves so the someone will say that and then another person will be like well no like they'll be like you and yeah, be like yeah. well no clearly it's not it's not about yeah. and also at first it bothered me but then there's like some french youtuber boys that have like their own channel and they featured it on their like things we found this week and i had to get a french friend to translate what they were saying for me yeah. and i was like are they hating it or are they and they're like no they're saying it's a really funny video and i was like victory <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it's not like people were offended, but they were just like, you know, those people that are smart, think they're smart. And they're oh, like, yeah, well, yeah. actually, I think you'll find it says oh, this. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I don't those care people. about people who are like, oh, it's not funny. I, I don't care about that because I'm like, well, I kind of pay my bills with it. Yeah, so yeah, I, know, yeah. I know it is. I know it is to an extent. Um, the people who, who what would upset me is if like everyone who was French messaged me and were they were like, mm. this is highly offensive oh, and yeah. really disrespectful of our culture. But thankfully that hasn't happened. Yeah. So. Do, you, do you read the comments on your videos? I do, but I, a lot less now than I used to. Yeah. Like when, so if you go back like four or five years, I'd like every day go back onto the video and check mm. for new comments and check what they said. Now it's like when something gets released, I'll have a look just to see what the general consensus is. But not as much no not really because I, like I do to, take I like interest. to fake it and delete all the bad comments yeah because that way <laughs> <laughs> that way there's only good left yeah. exactly for ages I monitored them like they would only go on if I'd approve them yeah but the problem with that is then you have to read every comment that comes in that's so true so it's your dirty little secret how much they hate you it's but, but, uh, yeah I agree but see like as a comedian though do you find people go on there to heckle do people ever do that because there are people on hip hop the, the slow release heckle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think normally people heckle not to bring you down. But they the want to be funny, Majority of people right? heckle because they want to be funny and they want to they want to feel a part of it. So normally yeah. the heckles you'll get in real life are in real life, mm-hmm. um, unless you're trying like trolling. You get a lot of trolls on Twitter, but. Um, again, they're usually people who are just angry that you're doing something that they wish that they were doing. Yeah, yeah. It took me a long time to learn that. If I could go back in time, I'd say to myself early on, like some people will be mean to you and it's just because they never got off their ass and tried something. Yeah, a lot of yeah. it is jealousy. And there's a lot of those interactions that you can have with people that once you do talk to people, you realise actually, you know, they, they do care. They do really like it. They just thought you'd never see yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sometimes like uh, there's a few people who I've ended up following back on Twitter, <laughs> like because I've called them out for, but they've said something and I've yeah. gone, hang on, and I've called them out and they've gone, oh no, yeah, and then they've mm. reworded what they were trying to say, and we've had a really lovely conversation. Then I'm like, oh, I guess we're friends now. Interact <laughs> with trolls. I've had uh, comedian Dane Baptiste on the podcast before, and love Dane, and he talks about how he does a thing called troll judo where he likes to experiment how far he can argue with these trolls. And I think it's brilliant, but at the same time, like, it's it's tough. Like, you have to have a really thick skin to, to you know, is this all anonymous? Yeah. You love a- when um, Gamergate happened, uh, there was um, a woman who wasn't the one, the main one, but there was another woman in, in gaming gem- journalism who was getting properly tried. And I mean, like, properly people were just being sent to her, mm. her thing to tell her that she's a slut and should die and all this sort of, but really horrible stuff. For no, she'd done nothing. They were just sending it to her. And so um, I spent a day writing fan fiction about the trolls. Great. So I was taking their handles and then doing a whole, like, maybe this is why they're trolling. And so it was like one of them where I imagined that the troll was in a waiting room about to get a colonoscopy and he was really nervous because he might have butt cancer and he's like really upset and stressed (laughs) and like just doing that made him feel like he had control of something for once in his life. But then you start feeling sorry for them. Yeah, but it was fun. It was nice. they don't deserve your pity. (laughs) 
it was just a nice way of dealing with it. It made me feel yeah. a lot less angry at them. Uh, like except for that. one guy who wrote back, you're a stupid slit. And I think that was a, <laughs> I think that was a typo, but it did. Slit is a great insult. It's so visual. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Are you, are you, do, you, do you encounter like a lot of a lot of sexism within the industry and how have you experienced it in within comedy? I didn't think I had it until I had it and then I was like, oh <laughs> like I it's all it's just minor things like I, I once went to audition to be a host of a TV show and they were looking for two hosts, two or three hosts. That was mm. the, the deal. And I got through all the auditions and eventually it came down to myself and two other guys and we were doing the audition to host the show together. And then the director finished up with me and he went, great, that's great, bet you can go home now. And I sort of was like, oh, no, does that mean I did it? And he went, no, 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 you were great. It's just um, the commissioner wants to know what it would look like with two male hosts. Oh. And that's when I realised, oh, they've gone, we want this show to be hosted by either two guys and a woman or just two guys, and they hadn't seen who was auditioning yet. They didn't know how that. So the commissioner decided, and, and it wasn't a gender-based show. Yeah. So the commissioner had decided from the get-go that there was either going to be two men or two men and a woman, and that was decided before they even. And that's why I get so annoyed when people are like, "Oh, it should be booked based on talent," but it's not booked on talent no. now. No. Like people are deciding it based on gender yeah. or race or whatever right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love the fact that everyone can call out anybody right now. If if people are doing wrong, it's a way uh, safer environment for whistleblowing on on shit situations. Mm. Whereas you would be so much more concerned a few years ago of losing your job if you did anything, or if someone else backed up somebody else, you'd be concerned about losing your job. And now I feel I feel like everybody can call out anybody and and. Uh, say the white male males that run the industry and in, in whatever industry it is a little bit afraid of that power i fucking love that that's yeah. great oh i love it when dudes are like oh it's a witch hunt good <laughs> yeah. um well that's about it for the first half of the thanks for trying podcast so make sure you go upstairs and get the free booze from the bar Jeez. thank you very much thank you um, welcome back to the Thanks for Trying podcast, episode two of season two. This is the, the tradition of the shot. Oh, yeah. Um, usually I, I have shots for everyone, but in, I don't today, so sorry about that. But I do have two shots of vodka here. Would anyone like to join us? Who's brave? Who's yeah, brave? Yeah. Here we There's go. There's a guy at the back who genuinely like was pretty much lying horizontal until you said free shots. <laughs> that hand went straight. Only little yeah. shots. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, man. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Cheers, Cheers. everybody. Cheers. All right. Tradition. Oh. Um, so I, as um, it's season two, I decided to start segments. I thought, you know what, segments are a good idea, right? People mm. do that in podcasts. I'm going to do that. Oranges. Season you know two, what I mean? now, it's great. Man. Season two, I've got to do it. Pace. It's a segment I like to call Under the Patio, which is also the name of my new record. Oh, But it's all based on my anger towards society. And people in society and the things... Which you have a lot of. I have a lot of and it. And have had for years. And the things that piss me off in daily life and I'm sure will piss everybody in this room off. And it's for you guys to decide the form of punishment Ooh. that should go Ooh. to these people. I love this. Whether it's capital punishment. You guys can join it too, you know. And whether it's capital punishment or, you know, maybe just a slap on the wrists, all right? Okay. Right. So whether we, we kill them by the state or kill them and hide them under the patio. Yes. Yeah, cool. Do they go under the patio? All right, okay. We'll start out. Really, really nice and easy. You guys can get into this. People who rush to get off planes. Straight oh. under the patio. Under yeah. the patio. That is <laughs> yeah. like... Bur buried alive in some... Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like but, their bag yeah. is halfway up the plane and they're just running from the back. Yeah. I think, I don't know, <sighs> I'm, I'm very particular about this, but I think like if you're getting off the front exit yeah and the back one's not open you go row by row okay <laughs> yeah you wait okay yeah. unless unless someone is specifically sitting there to wait <laughs> yeah okay then they can sit there and wait that's fine they've yeah. chosen that but if someone stands up and you push past them and why are you even standing up off, and why are you pushing wait, past yeah. anyone yeah and then they just stand there 
with their head at an awkward angle because there's yeah. not enough room. So they have and to they, stand up. And for they try look. And it could style be sitting down. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. the in-flight entertainment is still going. You could be watching. Yeah. I hate these people. I think if they've got a connection to catch, mm. then mm. they only lose a finger. But if they haven't got okay. a connection to catch, <laughs> yeah. then they're straight under the patio. They yeah, go yeah, under yeah. the patio. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it's. I think only once have I been one of the people who stood up. And I think yeah. that was because I was in the aisle seat and it was clear that the yeah. two people next to me. I wouldn't even stand, stand up, up if I had deep vein thrombosis. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't Did even you know do that. They, they invented, like, apparently some mathematicians worked out that you could board more flights and have more, fit more flights into a day mm. if they did it by not not just row, uh, seat row numbers, but by the um, A, B and C. So if they did windows first, oh. uh, windows and rows and then middle and rows yeah. and then aisle and rows, you could like it's like they could fit in a third more flights every day, and they could get like way more passengers. What? Like, um, okay, all right. Here's here's a good one. People, <laughs> you wrote it yourself, mate. <laughs> this is a good one. This yeah. is a good one. This is a good yeah. one. Yeah, made me uh, laugh. I'm proud of myself That's for this. <laughs> I'm a big fan of I think this it's one. For us <laughs> <to judge. laughs> I really excelled myself here, guys. Wait till you hear this. <laughs> People who keep the text type sound on. Oh yeah, that's a good, that is a good, a good one. one. That, yeah. good that one. for yeah. me, that's like flogging. That's like you you drag them behind a cart in the town uh, center. You got people ringing bells saying, "Come out and watch this killing." I don't know why phones have sound at all. Like I get why you need it for like games because you yeah. need to know if you got a good score. But right. like, <laughs> that's but true. I don't understand. Like I, my phone is constantly on on silent. Always silent. Yeah, I've never any type of. I don't like answering the phone. I'll just put that out there. I don't I think I think they should disable the phone call function on phones. I don't really like speaking what to people. What would you call I don't it? Think that's if, it's work. No longer, if it's no longer if it's no you know you can. You know you can do like it on a block mode and then it it's right, no well, longer a phone. That's what I'm going to do. Um just going to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Some people I I I can prove it. I'm not one of these people that has the okay. sound on, okay? So don't try and kill me. Mm. But I think some people find it satisfying to have a noise when you touch the screen to type something. Okay. And I don't hate on that, so I'm going to let them live on this one. Well, that's oh, why you get the vibrate. Okay. That's why I have it vibrate. So that you oh, yeah. Like- I mean, I, I I personally don't care, but I think some people just like you. Mm. you what if they've lost all feeling in their hands in like a baking incident? Oh, that's fair. You know what? That's fair enough. They've been through enough. Does anyone in the audience use tones and is like oh no don't don't kill me kind of oh, no, once no. in a while because no, yeah. you feel like you need to know that the button's no, been pressed or i don't know how to turn it off <laughs> she doesn't know how to turn it off so far this segment is working so i'm going to keep going all right okay. i'm going to do this people i get really angry man i think i've got an issue people who say the phrase i'm not racist but Oh yeah. Straight yeah. under the patio. Yeah, yeah. That's like yeah, yeah. immediate. Popcorn. Yeah, yeah, that's like <laughs> Yeah, that's that's Someone just like just death, popcorn. before they finish the phrase, it's like death penalty. Yeah. Um, if you have guillotine. To... Have have a portable guillotine. Guillotine. But I, I would even extend it to I'm not anything, anything bad. But, yeah. But yeah. It's just yeah, like, yeah. come on, you are though. That's why you're yeah, saying that's it. That's why you're saying it. I... But you know, means a certain. I hate those people. But means contrary to what I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, but know. I am. Yeah, is what yeah. you're saying is I'm not something, but I am. Serious is, death. Yeah, that's like kick, nearly kill them and then kill them again. Do you know what's really close to that? And it's a really British thing, and it has always bugged me. Is mm. um, I'm not being funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, not I'm like, funny. yeah, you're not. Why do you need that caveat? I was never thinking, oh, you're being funny. Yeah. Because you're saying something you very are. annoying. Yeah. Okay. All right. People who put their socks on before they put their underwear on. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's a personal thing, Corinne. Okay. That's it. It's, you've seen, you've seen, have you, surely at the gym, there's people that have their do, socks on. Do I look on. like I go to a right. gym? <laughs> Verbs, you, have, you, have you been to a gym? Not in about 15 years. Do you know what okay. the problem with that just, scenario is? It's they, not the fact that they're putting on socks before underwear as like an order thing. Because you can't put socks on without sitting down. Right. Like it is impossible. Yeah, like you can't, that's true. If you try and that's put them on true. standing up, that is an occupational health and safety. That's a really good point. Right. So it means you have to sit down, which means your bare ass is and on. Other, and if and you're in a things. gym... And other th- exactly right. And other things. If you're at a gym, that means you're sitting on the thing that everyone else sits on oh, yeah. with your 
with with all your bits Whoa. on it. So it, it's it's just a lot common. of flavor on those seats. A lot of flavor. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, does this extend to people that do that in the privacy of their own home? <laughs> do you still hate those people as yeah. well? I suppose in the private. Not they that keep I do. It it. <laughs> I don't walk around bare ass and nothing. I don't mind but them doing it in their own privacy, just not in my front room. <laughs> yeah, not in my gym. <laughs> <laughs> I need a button for this segment. I need like an yeah, under the doing. patio, like. And I just like, a, like yeah, a post production, baby. Just yeah. add that in. This is good. I'm learning. I'm sh- I'm, I'm I'm shopping this. Like, was it? Uh, yeah, work shopping. That's yeah. what you comedians call it. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. All right. Um, but we haven't anyone, decided on this. So it's, I've always wondered if anyone out there puts on both their socks at the same time. I reckon that would look really funny. How do you do that? Like, Can you do that? Exactly. Just, like, Just imagine it. I don't it f- makes it, it's, a, it's an idea that fills me with joy every time I remember You would have I to be completely it. spread eagled to do that. <laughs> like, you'd, have to, you'd have to roll on your back like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> And then try, like, if someone could do that really quickly, they're like the new Jackie Chan. Like, they are really, they're you, you'd have to body. roll it a little. Anyway, so I'm getting too too much into logistics. Yeah. All right, okay. So I'll do one more. Okay. Just one more. Is everyone into the, under the patio? Do you want this segment? Do you want one more? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Okay. This one. This one's real beefy. Okay. Mm. <laughs> People who text you an hour before your birthday party to say they're not coming. Oh, I can go one further. Okay. I had someone text me on my wedding day while I was having my makeup done saying, oh, yeah, sorry, mate, can't, can't make it. Why would you do that? <laughs> on my wedding like Just I'm text the next day going, listen, I'm, I'm like, so I sorry. I don't give a fuck right now. <laughs> don't fucking text me when, I've yeah, got, yeah. when I'm yeah. in the zone. Yeah. When I'm there going, shit, I hope people come. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to text me. Don't, don't do it. Just no. don't no. just don't show up and just then worry about it later. And that's fine. Yeah. I think the people that text to say they're not gonna come should definitely go under the patio twice. Verbs? Under the patio, but it depends I mean, okay, they shouldn't text you an hour before. Mm. They should just say, Okay, he's in the zone, he's doing they should yeah. think of you in that situation. They should always think of but me. But if I they've had a what if they've had like a death in the family? That's true. Mm. But then if they're texting anyway, they There's should There's context. There's context. context. That's true. But I think yeah. generally they should think about you and not just, oh, I'm not coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the Facebook wall thing. The only people that write on events Facebook walls are the only people that are so self-absorbed. They want everyone to know that, hey, sorry, I can't come to your birthday. I'm in Italy with my family and we're doing this this weekend. <laughs> Why would you write on the wall? Yeah. Or in my case, I've got a show, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Actually, not I'm that thing that weekend. Yeah. Why would you be that person? Sorry. No, I, well, I was telling you, how before like because i i'm the opposite person i'm the person who forgets to tell people there's a thing happening until an hour before it's happening and it goes oh i forgot so i was telling you just before we started recording that i told my i've got a little whatsapp group of friends and i was like oh yeah crap by the way i'm doing this cool podcast if anyone's in town you want to come i'll put you on the door and uh and i was saying like some of them were like oh i'm in newcastle and other ones like i'm staying late at work and then one of them was just like i'm depressed and i was like (laughs) yeah but it's like at least you're telling the truth you're not like oh i feel a bit under the weather she's like nah mate nah i'm not isn't you give me an hour's notice i'm not leaving the house i'm already in my sad pants <laughs> the sad pants. We've all got them. The comfy sad oh, pants. Exactly. I, I wear them 24 hours a day. <laughs> um, you've done, sorry, before I go into the next segment, it reminded me, you've done voiceovers for a video game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Is I did true? for um, Mass Effect Andromeda. I did. So, but, but I don't play video games, but was, I assume that's a big one. It w- yeah, it was weird because it, they're so secretive about the video game before mm. it gets released that you're not allowed to have the context of what your lines are for. Right. Which is very hard because they couldn't, they were kind of like trying to direct me. It was, I, ba- I just was a voice for like bunch, basically in that video game, there's a planet where they're like, well, let's just give the aliens Australian accents. So everyone on that planet has an Aussie accent. And so they, they brought me in because, as I said, it's the only one I do. Yeah. And they were like, uh, oh, yeah, so in this one um, you're a mechanic and you're looking at their vehicle. And so I was like, oh, mate, it's fucked. But, you know, like not not with a swear word. I was like, oh, yeah. it's rubbish. you got to get it fixed. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. Um but like maybe a little bit more urgent. And I'm like, oh, you got to get it fixed. And then it wasn't until my friends were playing the game 
and it's like in the context that like you're being chased by a thing and you got to do something really quickly and stuff and then you just hear me going yeah, got to get that fixed. Like, it's like so, <laughs> no, so I listened back Context. and I was like, "This it sounds so bad. There was a cool thread I saw on Twitter that had people acting out CGI scenes but yeah. without the CGI in it. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's I like this girl like- hugging a big dragon, but she's just hugging like a blue ball of nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> has to talk to it like it's a real There's dragon. There's one of Kirsten Stewart in Twilight and she's like meant to be like patting the, the werewolf guy. Yeah, the werewolf guy. And she's like patting him. And then, but then it cuts it like it's just him, the same actor, but like just in a blue morph suit. Like playing him like he's like this majestic creature. That is talent. I think I've underestimated your acting talent there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got uh, I've got another segment that I didn't even try in the last podcast. So we're gonna we're gonna try it out here. Mm. If it doesn't work, I'm editing it out. This is the power I have. Can I just do a? Can I just derail things? Yeah, and no, do please a, do. A really quick under the patio of my own. Please oh, do. Yeah. No, yeah, of course, man. Come on. People that type you a message on yeah. Facebook chat say yeah. you don't answer straight away and then they just type you a question mark. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty annoying. Like yeah. an hour later, question mark. Didn't yeah. you get my... I yeah. find it really annoying. Am I am I alone there? I find that yeah. really annoying. Never, never beg it. If people don't reply on like, I would say three modes of communication or like you know two texts and one email that's it done i'm never emailing you again even mm. if you message me it's done that's yeah. it. <laughs> harsh harsh but true you need to you're at the last skeptic on twitter yeah. aren't you yeah people need to tweet you with their under the patio things for you to ask i think that's a really episode. good yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a really good show at the last mm-hmm. skeptic yeah i had i had another one that's really personal i don't think anyone will you know know about well now it. we want to hear it it's just really yeah. you've said it it's what, i'll say it <laughs> It's people people who make requests to DJs. I just because they really upset me. You know, can I just say they really uh, upset me? Okay, so that doesn't just apply to DJs. Like I MC, right? And that is that is your job. That is my job. That's okay. So I'm doing a set of my songs. I did a show in Norwich once, and this lady came up and said, "Can you play any Neil Diamond?" Oh wow. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know what to say. I, just, I in the end, I just said no. But yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't even think of a humorous response. I was so like, "What?" What? The thing is, it wasn't even a joke. She because she started it with, <laughs> "I know the answer's probably going to be no." But yeah. do you think you could play anything like Neil Diamond? Yeah. Like, have you not heard the last hour of what we're doing? Yeah. Like, the thing is, if an MC's doing a live show, don't talk to them full stop. No. It's like, mm. that people don't underst- some people don't understand that. Mm. I, I did a show at the Jazz Cafe with my full live band, nine piece band. I had cello, I had harp, I had strings, brass, everything. <laughs> so was like, cool. Someone came up and went, hey, can you play some Rihanna? You could have done that. Yeah. And the jazz, I could have done that. Do you know we could have done that. That's but someone no. believing that you're that capable. That they're like, yeah, you could be <laughs> yeah, a compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the comedian version of that is, uh, tell us a joke. Before we, because we haven't got that long left. We've got about five minutes left. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got another segment. that I've given it the working short title. It might change next episode. Who knows? Just a couple swift fundamental questions for humanity. Okay, that's the title. Mm. You like Wait, it? It's it catchy. Again. Couple, I'm not sure where it's going. A couple swift fundamental questions. All right, yep. For humanity. Okay. A swift? It's catchy. Yeah. All right. Breakfast in bed. Is it actually shit? <laughs> yeah, you get crumbs everywhere. There's crumbs everywhere. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? I, I think it's very overrated. Depends on the breakfast. It, I, whatever the breakfast is, you're getting shit all over you. You're not nah. even dressed. Cereal, you porridge, got, yeah. fine. Eggs, nah. Need a table for eggs. Eggs demand respect. Eggs what about if you've got a really good tray that's got those little leg things on it Ooh. and you can put it up? It can be nice. Do you have one of those tables? No, I don't actually. That's, I, I don't, don't know actually. anyone who does. We, you all think, oh, that'd be nice. It's more being in hospital that. and having it. Was I quite in, enjoyed it then? But then maybe you're in hospital, so it's totally shit, and that's the one good moment. Yeah, so that's I think you're allowed reason. breakfast in bed when you're in hospital. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you don't have a choice. They're not like, all right, out you get. Come on to the table. Yeah, I don't care if you've you've lost feeling down your left hand side. Come on, out you get. Yeah, sit here and eat this porridge. No, I don't know. I mean, I think generally, 
See, this is less. It's, it's a less nice urgent idea than the, under the power. I'll tell you what, mm. it's, it's a nicer idea than it is an actual thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's better in theory. People, you know, people better love it. Better on paper. That's what this better segment needs to be. Yeah, better on better on paper. Better on paper. That's a good segment title. Yeah. I might do another segment called Better on Paper, <laughs> like IMAX. I think it's too big. Uh, that's another one. <laughs> That's just something else for another that's time. That's its unique that's selling a, point. That's it. Like, it's one no. USB, is that it's a big <laughs> yeah. screen. The, the world's just biggest castle. A- it's too big. Just, it's, it's not just for too big. you. All right. I think we should complain. Um, if you could... Um, <laughs> if you could eat a creature, a fictional creature from TV or film... <laughs> yep, yep. Um, <laughs> what, what would it... Which one? Mm-hmm. And how would you eat it? I'll start that really long dog from Neverending Story. I think he would be really delicious. Do you mean the dragon, oh, the God. luck dragon? You're yeah, saying you're sure. going to eat a dog? The luck dragon. Yeah, come on now. That guy looks... The long dog. That really long dog. Everybody knows it. That's <laughs> not Falco. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Falco. Not Not Atreyu. Not Atreyu. Not no, the no. horse. I'm yeah. not eating horses out here. No. I'm saying let's eat that long dog from... He's from got scales. Scaly dog. That's like eating a lizard. Cool. I'm into it. What? Okay, what? He so does have hair. He's got hair and scales. He's, hair. he's, yeah. he's really. Someone just said. Yeah. <laughs> someone in the audience just said he's really long. You could get some good ribs out There's of that. A lot which is of a really ribs. good point that a none of us have of considered. Ribs. But it's still a dog. It's still a dog. Fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Okay. Beck Hill. Yeah. What is your choice? I'd eat that. Um, this is going to get real geeky, but there's uh, like a pig creature in Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm. and he's like being bred specifically to be eaten. Oh, right. And like they're in this restaurant and he's like, you should eat this. And he's like pointing out all the best parts of him to be eaten. Right. So I guess I'd go that because he's happy to get eaten. Like that's his one purpose in life. Oh, wow. And he's like real like chuffed about fulfilling it and – and it's meant to be really tasty. Okay. So yeah. ethically, ethically. He's ethically happy. there he's, and he's cool. delicious. And delicious. Ver- verbs, what's your choice? I'm going to kind of bend the rules a little bit. So in Alan Partridge, he has an argument with the farmer mm. and he says, you've got sheds with a, that no one goes in where you've got 100 foot chickens. And I would eat, the, I would, I would eat, I would eat the 100 foot chicken. <laughs> Basically. Oh, Don't know. That is great. Is yeah. the chicken really like good. just really long? Like, I imagine it to be in proportion. It like tall? It's just a scaled up chicken. So it's like a massive chicken, but to scale. So it's not in one direction. It's 100 feet in general At area. What, the, in my head, like what it is. Like square foot. 100 square foot? block. The mass <laughs> is like scaled up from is a Is it all chicken. feather or is it So meat? like, you know, if... You know, if you scaled me down to chicken size, I would be in Be adorable is what well. you're oh, doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have the time of my life. <laughs> so I'm just imagining a giant chicken in the same yeah. proportions, but just blown up. I think that's really oh, those point. eggs, man, I'd be all over. Oh, my those God. I yeah. love eggs. Like, I have soft-boiled eggs for breakfast every day, and that's not an exaggeration. That was quite, quite a brag. Love a, I love a dippy egg. One. If anything, you're underselling a, it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All the eggs. There's two things in life that say luxury, and that's yep. dippy eggs in the morning and eating spaghetti in the bath. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I eat spaghetti not, in the bath, I'm like, I don't know why people spend money on going to spas on the weekend. This is all I need. A, sp- I, a bath full of spaghetti? Or no, no, no. Just no. Don't be stupid. Sorry. Don't be Having stupid. a nice warm bath. Yeah. Big bowl of spaghetti. I think it was beautiful. Yeah. I've got, I've got one uh, one more swift fundamental question for humanity. Just it's simple. It's simple. It's, it's easy. Hmm. You will know the answer straight away. Could you marry someone that's favorite restaurant is Pizza Express? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I. Is that's just me. On, I'm just speaking. I'm just speaking honestly and openly. <laughs> I don't think I could. <sighs> what if you? Like they were just no, an love amazing isn't enough person. No, not enough. Really? It would, enough. It's, it's, Imagine being like every anniversary. Where do you want to go? I've got like, this month has been good for money. I'll take you anywhere you want. Pizza Express. Nope. Yeah. I'll just say you only get to choose where we eat once a month. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to yeah. be there. I mean, it's not. What, I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to be ultra real, Corinne. Mm. I wouldn't mind. Oh, mm. wow. If I really yeah. love that person, I'd be like... It's wow, we've all got our faults. <laughs> yeah, look, how, okay. So, you could you marry somebody whose favorite TV show was Homes Under the Hammer? 
Like well, probably the, I to I be honest, I don't even know what that show is, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm glad that that segment worked. Thank you guys for being a part of it. <laughs> and um, that probably wraps up uh, episode two of season two. Of the no, it doesn't. For Come on. Podcast. There's Do you have any more things party. to say? After party. Do you have more things to say? My questions for you are Do done. Do you have so. more questions? I, no. Does oh. anyone in the audience have questions or do you all just want to go and drink free booze? Oh, there's a question. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So to repeat that for the podcast, uh, the question was, who are your UK influences? Um, the main one I always point to is Roots Maneuver. Um, mm. Not because I heard him and wanted to sound like him, but he's the first person I heard in the UK that had... He was just him on the record. Like everyone I heard before that, there was some really good MCs. And in fact, him and uh, Black Twang as well. Mm. But mainly Roots Maneuver just because he had a totally original style, original voice, original way of rapping. And that just made me think I can just be me. Like, because before that, I was just trying to do battle raps and trying to do what I had heard from America. And so he's the one that really... um, yeah, definitely influenced me. Because there's a lot of people I was a fan of, but he's the one influence for sure. I remember yeah. that randomly that uh, made me remember the first time I actually met you, Yeah, which was in um, the Low Life Records offices. I remember that. I remember yeah. that as well. Back in the that. day with Brain Tax and I think Skinny Man was there as well. I yeah, that like was, was right when Council Estate of Mind came out. Yeah, yeah, it was. And he he used to come through to pick up like a bunch of like boxes of the CDs. Yeah, and I met you. I met you in Kashmir there at the same time. No, I remember. I, st- I still have that CD. Give me as well. A lot of that CD oh, ended no. up on our album. That's true. Hey, history. I had like a demo CD that was fucking. Yeah. I mean, it was all right. No, but you. you I was were, always sick. Come on, you now. were always good at. Um, <laughs> no, it was a good CD because we did an album together. Come That's on, true. dude. That's true. But, I mean. To be honest, I love that album so much. No, me too, and I man. listen to that record. I think it's really I want the only I only ever want to release music that people can listen to in 10, 20, 30 years time and think that's sick actually and it stands, you know, on its own. It doesn't necessarily have to fit in an e- an epoch of like how everyone's making house records. This is the house record. Everyone's making trap records, drill records, grime records and this is a copycat. I like to make records that you know kind of people can go back to and just go that didn't sound like everything else. Sure it didn't have a million people listening to it, but it's, it meant something to a lot of people and I think that record did a lot and you know Broken Window goes it's on Spotify all that shit and if you're here today take a CD but anyway that is a beautiful moment to say thank you very much to my guests Verb T and Beg Hill and thank you to everyone that came to the Sonos store thanks guys thank you to Sonos big up yourselves you've been listening to the Thanks for Trying podcast shout out to my guests Verb T and Beck Hill if you want to hear the first album that me and Verb T did together way back in 2007 it is on Spotify it's called Broken Window it's on some classic shit thank you again to Sonos and if you have any suggestions of the types of people who should go under the patio hit me up tweet me at The Last Skeptic on Instagram Twitter everything give me a shout send me a message and it might just end up in a future episode who fucking knows do it Back with episode three next week. Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.